podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Athletics continues to not help itself with some controversial changes to their flagship annual Diamond League series. Hot on the heels of a poorly attended World Championship, midnight marathons and drug and doping bans, now the IAAF have seemingly alienated some of the sport's biggest names. This is Anything But Footy, your Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast, where we round up another week of talking points, including getting the opinion on those changes from the 2018 British champion over 200 metres, one of those affected events. I'm Michael. Hi, my name's Beth Dobbin. I'm a 200 metre sprinter and I'm going to be discussing the recent announcement by the IAAF to cut certain events from the Diamond League programme. And I'm John and in the next half an hour we've the latest from the first few days of the Para Athletics Worlds. Shame hardly anyone in the stands in Dubai. Who's been on track for British cycling at the World Cup in Glasgow? Adam Peaty's beaten by a fellow British swimmer. What? And which British city is celebrating the title of European Capital of Sport for a record second time? Don't forget, you can always email us. We love to get your messages. Anythingbutfooty at gmail.com. You can go to our website, anythingbutfooty.com. Tweet us. That's always popular. Anythingbutf. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, on YouTube as well. You'll be able to listen to us, download us on Apple, Google Podcasts, on Spotify. We urge you to rate us and comment on us as well. And don't forget to check out our sister series, GB Bosses. Great British bosses. And we've spoken to the people in charge of table tennis, badminton, swimming, gymnastics and fencing as far as sport in this country is concerned we've got a sixth episode the last in the present series coming your way very soon make sure you look out for that one as well gb bosses great british bosses from anything but footy but as john says let's start with a big talking point of the week and the iaaf announcement over the future of their diamond league series they've announced this week they're going to going to be cutting uh, some disciplines well they announced in the past they were going to be cutting some disciplines this week they finally announced what exactly it is they are going to cut 200 meters 3000 meter steeplechases discus and triple jump all cut as far as core events the aim for the IAAF is for a 90 minute program that is to suit broadcast television and radio and it means that at the 15 diamond league meetings we'll have 12 disciplines at each so the steeplechase and the 200 meters will now only feature at 10 so we'll have five male events and five female events the discus and the triple jump will feature at two so we'll have one female and one male event as i said they've been removed from the call list and they won't feature john in the diamond league final and as you rightly say michael world athletics the iaf say they want to create a 90 minute show for broadcasters with lord seb co saying us objective is to create a faster paced more exciting global league that will be the showcase for our sport and if you don't know what the diamond league is because you know it's not something that maybe gets televised on bbc or terrestrial television uh, on a weekly basis it is you know kind of the premier league for athletics so it's the weekly or fortnightly competitions right through the summer in cities right across uh, the uk europe the world as we saw in in doha as well so it's a, it's it's kind of like you know where the athletes do their week in week out trying to get times uh, with the opportunity to also qualify for major championships so this is a big thing and you can understand why the athletes are disappointed now rather than me and michael tell you what they think we thought we'd ask one of them so we caught up with beth dobbin the british 200 meter champion who reached the semi-finals in doha the iaaf have said that they will replace these events in 
um, like another type of meeting called a continental tour, but we're still waiting for information on that um, competition. So I think the triple jump, we have an athlete at the moment, a female athlete called Rojas, and she's within 20 centimetres of the world record at the moment. So we're kind of facing kind of a realistic realisation that the world record for the triple jump could be broken next year and it actually won't even be televised because the Diamond League have cut the triple jump from their programme. Likewise, you've got the rivalry between Christian Taylor and Will Clay. Um, and I think in history, only six male athletes have jumped over 18 metres and three of them are competing today. So you, you're kind of missing that amazing rivalry. The IAAF, or now they're branded as World Athletics, always pushing for a new Usain Bolt. We need a new Usain Bolt. We need a character in the sport to you know, be the face of the sport like Usain Bolt was. Well, at the moment, funnily enough, we have a 200-metre sprinter called Noah Lyles. Now, he's quite a big personality. Um, the Similar to Usain Bolt, had a big personality. And he's a 200-metre sprinter. So you're axing his event when you're asking for someone that's going to have this big personality. So it, it just doesn't make sense, really. And the way the IAAF have said that they've done this is by um, kind of questioning certain countries on what events they find is the most popular. Um, so the certain countries that they've questioned probably wouldn't um, prefer the distance events. And so the IAAF haven't questioned any African countries, which obviously the endurance events are much more popular um, in African countries because they generally do better in them. So things like the steeplechase, that's been caught. The 5K and the 10K have already been caught. Well, no Af African countries have, have been questioned on this. Similarly, in Great Britain, a lot of athletics fans have kind of taken to Twitter asking where was this questionnaire done because they go to the athletics meets in the UK and they don't feel like they've been questioned. So there's a big question mark about how they've come to that idea and again, just to touch on the discus throw, which was absolutely amazing in Doha, a really, really good competition for both the male and the f males and females. So again, that questions why why has that been cut? Now, if it is people being um, questioned who have been to athletics events or have watched it on TV, um, the triple jump and discus in particular are often shown in the pre-program. Um, which means they don't even make the two-hour slot that the Diamond League is given on, on TV. So obviously they're going to be voted less popular if they're the start of the programme, because if it's in the stadium, not that many people will be there. And again, if it's on TV, TV that the pre-programme won't make the cut for the TV. Um, so that's going to have an effect. And the IAAF have basically said that they want to cut that two-hour two slot that we have down to 90 minutes. Now, with that, there's the question of where's the 90 minutes come from? Um, who's plucked that figure out of probably thin air? And also, if you're taking less events out and cutting the time out, surely it's going to be the same amount of action. Um, what they've said, or what Sebco has said, is that he wants a fast-paced 90-minute burst of action. Well, if you've taken out five six events it's not going to be any faster pace it's going to be the same pace um just on for a short amount of time and I, I find it really hard to believe that people can't sit down and watch 
something on the TV for more than two hours, especially in athletics when things are chopping and changing all the time. You know, the Tour de France goes on for weeks. People watch ten- tennis for hours on end. Football matches are long. Rugby matches are long. Tennis matches can go on for hours. So a two-hour slot of athletics where things, different things are literally happening all the time, I find it really hard to believe that, that that's people find that boring I think probably the main issue is the way it's shown um and a lot of the fans on Twitter have said they would like things like a split screen so you can watch an endurance event whilst watching the multiple field field events are going on and in particular certain broadcasters have a lot of studio chat so um a lot of kind of athletics fans are against that because we just want to watch the athletics. So I think the issue isn't how long it's being shown for, it's how the IAAF or whoever's broadcasting it um, is displaying it. So, Michael, she may, Beth makes some really, really good points there. Uh, standing out for me in there, really, you know, they say they want, the, you know, rivalry and competition in athletics. And she talks about the triple jump men's competition. The, the women's triple jumper, who's listed as the one of the female athletes of the year. Next year, you won't even see her uh, in, in, the, in the world, uh, in, in, in the Diamond League. And Noah Lyles, the next Usain Bolt, his, comp- his actual event is cancelled. I mean, it seems crazy. Yeah, it does. And other big names affected. Dina Asher-Smith, potentially, of course, world champion over 200 metres. And Christian Taylor as well. And Christian Taylor, the triple jumper, who uh, lists himself as a two-time Olympic champion, a four-time world champion and a seven-time Diamond League champion. He said it's damaging the sport. He says it harms unity and diversity. And he wants a say on how the sport is run from an athlete's point of view. So he has promoted this new association, the Athletes Association, the Athletics Association. He wants to lead this. And we've got lots of big names joining up already. But it's interesting, isn't it, that Christian Taylor feels the athletes should have more of a say on how the sport is run. Who runs the IAAF? Lord Coe who's a former athlete, and John Ridgen, who's the a chief executive, <laughs> is a former athlete. They they should know, surely, but they, they are set, they are hung up, they are obsessed, I think, with this idea of, of creating some kind of product for television. But why? And they think that they think that, uh, that has to fit into 90 minutes. But, um, where, where, I don't but think... where's that come from? Well, I don't know. I guess because someone somewhere has gone, well, 90 minutes is the length of a game of football. And uh, Game of Football works well on television and everyone wants to watch it. So we should try and replicate that with athletics. It's the latest sort of bit of muck that's being thrown at the wall as far as track and field is concerned. You know, they've tried various different um, stagings of different events. They've tried different um, attempts at at doing things. We obviously had that big event in London, which they bizarrely staged at the same weekend as the the F1 Grand Prix and and the Wimbledon finals. They tried to do something a bit different there. And this is what this is. But I think they've got this one completely and utterly wrong. And I think what they've done, worst of all, is one, they've alienated fans of of specific disciplines. Because if you're an athletics fan, you want to watch 100 metres, 200 metres, 400 metres, 800 metres, 1500 metres, etc. If you want to watch field events, you want to watch a long jump, a high jump, a triple jump, a discus, a javelin, a hammer, whatever. But most importantly, they have upset the athletes and the athletes are now looking in the same way we've had in darts, for example, at forming their own Mm. rival tour. And and that, for me, would be the end of the sport, nearly. Yeah, and and we'll hear a bit more from Beth on that in, in, in a moment. So the Diamond League, you know, they obviously need broadcasters money and they need broadcasters to carry it for their for their sponsors. So money is is part of this. But. 
a 90 minute event, you know, as Beth said, you know, rugby lasts longer than that. Football lasts actually longer than that, as we as we well know. What about the VAR? What about the well, quite? What about you know split screens? Um, actually, you know, people want to watch stuff when they want to watch it now. So, what about YouTube channels with with just one feed on the long jump pit, or you know, give give people coverage of what they actually want, rather than it seems like a 1970s thing. Let's produce a 90 minute program all wrapped up. It's like highlights. It's like match of the day without actually the competition going on. It's like Seb Coe and others remember that the 80s heyday where you watched an hour of athletics on ITV and then if you so desired you switched over and watched the second hour on Channel 4 and it's as if they're trying to kind of recreate that. I don't know whether 90 minutes is the right time. They've done their research. They've done research in China, France, South Africa, the USA. They've surveyed in, in Belgium, Great Britain and Switzerland. The problem for not, me with not the Diamond Afri- League... Not Africa. <laughs> not Africa, not, not America. <laughs> Um, the problem for me with the Diamond League, you just don't know whether, when it's on. When, when we were growing up, it was the Golden League. It, it was on on a Friday night. Whether that's the right night for it, I'm not sure. But I think if you had a series of Diamond League events and they were every Thursday evening, a bit like a Champions League night, they all kick off at 8 o'clock in the evening in the UK, whether that's 9 o'clock in, in wherever or you know 10 o'clock in, in Moscow or whatever. But if you have a schedule which is set and it's appointment to watch, appointment to listen, I think you'd go a long way to getting people buying into it. At the minute, you've got London Diamond League, which is a two-day event. You've got this anomaly that, that this country hosts Birmingham and London, but you've got other big countries missing out. You do go to some of the, the big countries, the traditional countries like Helsinki and Zurich as well. They're obviously trying to spread the word and taking it to, to other nations and territories which haven't got the track record, excuse the pun, <laughs> of hosting athletics events. But you simply don't know when it's on. You don't know who's in it. You can't follow a narrative. There's no stories to follow over the season. Of course it's failing. Mm. I mean, you mentioned Noah Lyles. Uh, Adam Jamili tweeted a uh, kind of really jiff with a very strange question mark, the British champion, of course, Daphne Shippers. Well, former world champion as well, saying confused. The latest Diamond League, re- League research shows the 200 metres is one of the most popular disciplines and now it's not included. Seriously, question mark. And we mentioned Christian Taylor as well. So let's go back to Beth. Um, Beth Dobbin, the British champion, 200 metres, says there's a lot of unhappy people. We've mentioned some of them there. Athletes and spectators as well. And she says this decision could be a game changer for the sport and not the way Sebco or the IAAF think. Obviously, it does have a lot of implications financially. Um, athletes can't make money if they're not going to be at the event. And also the IAAF have introduced a ranking system, which means um, certain competitions are worth more points than others. Well, if certain athletes can't get into the Diamond League because their event's been cut, how is that going to affect their ranking system? There has been a bit of uproar in the athletics community. So um, multiple Olympic and world champion Christian Taylor, who does the triple jump, has taken to Twitter to set up an athletes um, association to to voice these these views that we all have. Because I've seen a lot of negative comments about this. I think I've only seen one positive one out of hundreds and hundreds, and it's from a retired athlete. Um, so, yeah, Christian Taylor is kind of trying to boycott this and a lot of athletes, including current world championship champions, are, are with him on this. Um, 
and yeah we're willing to kind of almost boycott the diamond league or whatever it takes to to say to the IAAF or World Athletics we're not going to stand for this and it's seen um kind of even Adam Peaty has has got involved and you know he's nothing to do with athletics he's a swimmer so for him to notice this is going on it's obviously spread to the mainstream media finally the biggest kind of implication that athletes are worried about is if you're going to cut it from a diamond league does that mean it's then going to be cut from the olympics in the future so yeah that's what athletes are are kind of worried about at the moment but i feel like with this boycott that christian taylor's leading um hopefully this decision can be reversed so michael the diamond league supposed to be the best of the best the pinnacle of athletes competing week in week out how can you have some world champions not there how can you split up athletics? It's like the beginning of the end, isn't it? If you're not saying some athletics events are not as good as the others, that means athletics is not as good as other sports, in my opinion, that's what they're saying. And we mentioned the Athletics Association a bit earlier as well, and Beth did there, tweeting yesterday, um, you know, saying that they let the hammer throwing down because that was dropped previously, and they said, we are not going to do that again. Hashtag, we are the sport. If they pull out of the Diamond League... It won't happen. Will they boycott it? And that was the big word that I took from Beth's piece there. A boycott? Yeah, and it was, I think, got massive implications for the IOC and the, the Olympics as well. Because as we well know, the Olympics are chasing a younger and younger audience, bringing in events like skateboarding and, and bouldering and um, surfing and things like that. So the IOC have got their eye on, on the younger audience, the YouTube generation, if you like. So they'll be watching this with, with interest. What will the athletics program be like at an Olympic Games in Tokyo? We know what it's going to be, but in Paris in los angeles and beyond that how how does this impact if if we're dropping the 200 meters from the diamond league do we then go ahead and maybe drop the 200 meters from the world championship from the olympic games and and that's the fear isn't it as as beth finished off with you know that fear to future cutting of olympic sport because we all know in athletics the olympics is the pinnacle of of athletics and you just I think the athletes have to stand together and, 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 you know, do they set up their own event like the swimmers have done with the International Swimming League, which is which is in London in the next week or so that Adam Peaty has been supporting? You know, it, it seems to be the time for someone to go. This isn't right for us and it's not working for us. And I think World Athletics and, and Sebco have got to rethink this slightly. Yeah, well, thanks to to Beth Dobbin, the 2018 British champion, over 200 metres for joining us on Anything But Footy, your Olympic and Paralympic sport podcast. Uh, Don't forget, get in touch with us if you want to have your say about the future of the Diamond League and about the future of the sport of athletics in general. Anything But Footy at gmail.com. Tweet us at anythingbutf. You can find us online as well, our website. We can get messages there, anythingbutfooty.com. On Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as well. This is just another hammer blow, isn't it, for a sport we both love. (laughs) track and field uh follows of course the recent doping and drug problems that the sporters had to deal with and news on this this week the britain's anti-doping authority is now to review whether it needs to take action 
against Alberto Salazar trained athletes. That follows his four-year ban for doping violations by the US anti-doping authorities. Uh, the chief executive of UCAD, the UK anti-doping body, Nicole Sapsed, says, we're now working uh, with WADA, the World Anti-Doping Authority, and with the US anti-doping authorities to review athletes and support personnel under our jurisdiction. This, of course, all relates to the Nike Oregon project, which existed for 18 years between 2001 and 2019, a project that Mo Farah, of course, the four-time Olympic champion, uh, British athlete who will be now uh, part of this review, was part of uh, between 2011 and 2017. Uh, the WADA president, Craig Reedy, said this week, all athletes who trained with Salazar will now be investigated. And that's something the IOC president, Thomas Back, has previously called for. And please have a listen back to Anything But Footy if you've missed us talking about Salazar and all the implications of that in the last few weeks. It's well worth a listen. Now, the first half of the week-long World Para Athletics Championships has been taking place in Dubai. Uh, the event, of course, uh, they stepped in the hosts last year to host the event because uh, nobody had bid for it. Great Britain has a strong team of more than eight, 40 athletes and nearly a dozen reigning world champions. And one of the stories uh, so far has been Hannah Cockcroft. She had all the pressure against her as defending and power Olympic champion in the T3400 metres and fellow Brit Carrie Adenegan's European title victory against her last year and a world record. But it was Cockcroft who stormed to victory in a new world record and under 17 seconds for the first time ever, even in training, for her 11th World Championship gold medal. Adenegan, who only started university a few weeks ago, recorded a season's best for silver and uh, Cockcroft admitted afterwards that with her rivalry with Carrie, she was nearly in tears as she crossed the line absolutely great story between these two there is rivalry between them but that is what you want in world-class sport and they both go again in the 800 meters just before 6 a.m on thursday lots of other medals as well more success for alan davis who won a brilliant world title for the fourth time in a row in the f63 shot put he was in silver medal position for much of the competition before throwing 15 meters and 32 to claim gold and also another gold on a super sunday for british athletics for marie Maria Lyle in the T3500 metres in her third World Championships. Medals as well for Paul Blake uh, on the first night, his fourth Power Athletics World title, this one in the T36 800 metres. Silver for Andrew Small in 100 metres with Harry Jenkins grabbing bronze. And a quick mention for Sammy Kinghorn as well. She won bronze in the T5300 metres. She was the defending champion, but admitted afterwards she was pleased to make it on the podium on her return from serious injury. Just one other point on this, 300,000 tickets were sold for London 2017 for the World Para Athletics Championships. Some criticism from athletes that competing in front of school kids and family is a step backwards in Dubai. But as we discussed after Doha 2019, organisers, of course, are keen to spread the word of athletics in other parts of the world. And no better role model to do it than 11-time world champion Hannah Cockcroft. Hurricane Hannah from Halifax in Yorkshire. I don't know what they put in the water in Yorkshire, but they have got a decent track record of producing athletes. None other than Nicola Adams, the boxer who has announced she is retiring this week, uh, following uh, news that she has a potentially serious eye injury. Uh, She announced her retirement in a letter to her local newspaper, the Yorkshire Evening Post. And Nick Westby is the sports editor of the YEP, as it's known locally, the Yorkshire (laughs) Evening Post. And he told anything but footy how the world-exclusive announcement in his paper came about. The Yorkshire Evening Post has been covering Nicola Adams now for must have been, what, 25 years, ever since the mother, D of a 12-year-old girl from Bermontofs rang the desk and said, my daughter is 
looking to become a boxer. She's got her first fight. Would you mind doing a few stories on her? Uh, Dee would ring up uh, for the next few years, really, next, probably next decade or so, before she became a household name, Nicola, as she climbed the ranks, winning an English title, breaking into the GB boxing squad. And then from 2010, really, onwards, uh, the phenomenal career she would go on to have. And I think that's what brought her back to us last week. She, her agent got in touch with us a couple of weeks ago said, Nicola's got a big announcement. Can we do it through your paper? She wants to thank the people of Leeds through the paper that's always backed her, which was uh, really special for us as a sports desk, as a newspaper, to be able to break that world exclusive, really. You don't get many of those these days. That's Nick Westby, the sports editor of the Yorkshire Evening Post, talking about how the announcement by Nicola Adams to retire from the sport of boxing came about. And, and John, you've been in the business of news and sports news and exclusives over the years. This is a big world exclusive, and it's not one that's fallen in their lap. It's one uh, that, as Nick was saying there, has been two and a half decades in the making. I tell you what, it shows the character of Nicola Adams that she didn't forget where she'd come from. And I, and I, I know that you know, Nick made, made that point, really, that, you know, and we see it so often. And, you know, athletes have been supported from the early days of their careers right through uh, by the local paper. And it's just great that she has given them this, this world exclusive because, you know, the world of media has changed in the 20 years I've worked in it. Um, you know, exclusives are what people are, are fighting for. You're trying to get column inches uh, in the papers. You're trying to get a tweet. You're trying to get a retweet. You're trying to get a headline on the 10 o'clock news. That is what it's all about. And uh, boy, that was a, a great way to do it. And I thought, you know, that, that it was the right decision for her and it shows the class of her uh you know as a double olympic champion the first ever female boxer in olympic history the first british boxer since 1924 to defend her olympic title in rio as well and then to turn professional and do what she's done and then announce her retirement as well uh, in that way absolutely well done to her Let's hear a little bit more now from Nick Westby, the sports editor of the Yorkshire Evening Post, the journalist who you can probably say knew Nicola Adams best of all over the years. He put her career and achievements in context for us. As a career in itself, Nicola Adams has got to be one of the, for me, great female sporting careers in British Olympic history. Uh, obviously, the first woman to win an Olympic boxing gold medal, Certainly the first to retain one when she did in Rio. But she was continuously punching through glass ceilings in her career with those two Olympics, the Commonwealth Games, the final world title, and then having a world title awarded to her in just in July in the professional ranks. I think that will probably have helped make a mind up about whether you know the time is right now for me to move on. So incredibly proud to have her in Leeds, have her in our patch, a really, just a, such a genuine person, such a really nice person. I had the good fortune, as you did, Mike, to be down there at London 2012 covering her, and she really did lit, light up the black hole that was the XL Arena. Her, her smile, beaming, radiant smile, the dancing feet, the alley shuffle, and those ferocious fists. Uh, she was a phenomenal sight to see, uh, real special talent. Personally, I'm just glad I got to play a small part in chronicling that for the Yorkshire Evening Post in 2012 and after and thereafter, and also that we were able to play a part in following her career and chronicling it from the age of 12 all the way to the very end at 37. Just 
a quick word finally thanks very much to Nick Westby of the Yorkshire Evening Post for joining us there just a quick word finally on, on Nicola Adams she worked as an extra in soap operas she worked as a builder as she chased her Olympic dream and then one day in 2009 everything changed for her the IOC said women's boxing is going to become a reality it just so happened for Nicola Adams it was going to be at London in her home games a serious back injury nearly ruined her chances as well but you know she'll look back on, on that career and she'll probably wish it, it was able to start maybe in Olympics earlier and she'll look back and, and be very pleased and, and very proud with everything that she's done and I guess as well as Nick was telling us there her mother Dee as well has been her biggest fan the whole time uh, always supported Nicola Adams and that support from family John as as you and I know when we go abroad to some of these major events and there's not many people there and you referenced it of course with the, the power athletics at the minute it's that support from family and friends certainly in the early days that gets you through certainly does and she'll go down in history and inspired so many well done Nicola yeah let's move on to some cycling now and uh, the second event on the cycling world cup circuit is been held in Glasgow uh, plenty of medals for British cyclists in the para events loads and loads of medals there and also medals for Katie Archibald Eleanor Barker Nia Evans and Elaine Dickinson in the women's team pursuit they beat Germany really convincingly the men finished fourth uh, there was also a gold medal as well for Katie Marchant in the women's Kieran uh, absolutely meant the world to a huge confidence boost for her as well Katie Archibald was also involved in a silver medal win in the women's Madison alongside Eleanor Barker. In the men's Madison, Ollie Wood and Ethan Hayter took silver. And in the men's sprint, Ryan Owens, Jack Carlin and Joe Truman, who replaced Jason Kenny for the final, also picked up a silver medal. Talking of Jason Kenny, fourth in the men's Kieran uh, was his best event across the weekend. There has been some history made, though, for British cycling over the weekend in Chengdu at the Urban Cycling Championships. BMX for you and me. The first British woman to win a medal at this event, Charlotte Worthington, who picked up a bronze medal for Great Britain. Well done, Charlotte. And just to quickly on that, gold for Katie Marchant in the Kieran and a fourth for Jason Kenny. But he was in the final this time, which he wasn't the week before. So good to see them uh, getting on back on track. And congratulations to Glasgow. It's become the first city to take the title of European Capital of Sport twice. It beat off competition from Genoa in Italy to be awarded the status in 2023, 20 years on from the first time that they held it. And it will coincide with the first ever UCI Cycling World Championships. And we've mentioned this before on Anything But Footy, where all the cycling and paracycling events on the track, road, mountain and BMX will take place together for two weeks in August. So from 2023, the UCI Cycling World Championships will be held every four years in each pre-summer Olympic year and over several weeks the host city will become the true cycling capital of the world. To Glasgow, congratulations again. Yeah, we've got Birmingham and the Commonwealth Games in 2022, but I think if the Olympics were to come back to these shores in John and my lifetime, aside from London, which I think could step up and host the Games again, I think Glasgow is probably the second best uh, positioned city right now in the United Kingdom if, if we were to try and stage the Olympic Games again. Talking of the Olympic Games, table tennis, of course, is an Olympic sport and it will be a Paralympic sport as well, of course. England, though, have lost to Chinese Taipei in the quarterfinals of the Team World Cup. Remember, England did win a medal last year. England were the last European nation left in the draw. They beat the host Japan fantastically on the opening day in the group stage. Japan did end up qualifying. They joined Chinese Taipei, China and South Korea in the last four. But it's credit to Liam Pitchford, Paul Drinkle, Tom 
Jarvis, Sam Walker and Gavin Evans making his debut and just goes to show some of the strides that we are making in this country uh, to try and get table tennis at the at the top table. You see what I did there, John? <laughs> Another strong week for British badminton. I'm speechless. Another strong week for British badminton as they continue their bid for Olympic qualification spots at the China Open, the latest round of the Badminton World Federation World Tour. And Rio bronze medalist Chris Langridge and Marcus Ellis made it through to the quarterfinals, beating one of the Chinese pair in the last 16 of the men's doubles. Again, performing above and beyond before losing 21-10, 21-13 to Japanese pair Komura and Sonoda. And congratulations to Alice Tai, someone we met recently at the UK Sport National Lottery 25th birthday celebrations in Stratford. We'll have more news on that for you in due course on Anything But Footy. Alice has beaten Jack Lauren Adam Peaty to be named British Swimming's Athlete of the Year. The seven-time para-swimming world champion got a standing ovation. She described it as an honour. And just to put that in some context for you, this was the year, of course, that Adam Peaty became the first person in history to break that 57-second barrier in the breaststroke. Alice was also named Para Swimming's Athlete of the Year. And Sky Brown and Alex Takuna, the British front runners to represent Team GB in the first ever Olympic skateboarding competition in Tokyo, are back in action this week, looking to bag more points for Olympic qualification. The World Skate Five Star Open Street and Park Skateboarding event is in Rio, and it's the first global competition in Season 2 of the qualification series. 11-year-old Sky Brown is currently ranked third in the world after her World Championship bronze. 22 year old Dakuna is currently ranked 30th in the world and will be competing in the street skateboarding event. He's just a few points off the Olympic qualifying group. Good luck also to Jordan Thackeray, Alex Halford and Sam Beckett are in action for Great Britain in the male park event. And if you want to have your say on anything we've discussed on anything but footy this week, maybe you want to have your say about the changes to the Diamond League. You want to pay tribute to Nicola Adams. Tell us where you were when she won her Olympic gold medal in the XL Centre in London in 2012. If you want to talk about Jason Kenny's chances of being on top of the Olympic podium again, or send your congratulations to Alice Ty for being British Swimming's Athlete of the Year, you can email us anythingbutfooty at gmail.com. You can tweet us at anythingbutf. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. Uh, don't forget you can find us on Apple, Google Podcasts, on Spotify as well. We'd love you to rate us and comment. And just another plug as well for our sister podcast, Great British Bosses. We have another episode coming your way very soon. Sports Social Podcast Network.